welcome to the Rock Music Alliance interview sessions. I am your host, Cole Coleman. On today's episode, you know her as the stratospheric and charismatic vocalist of the band Edge of Paradise. When we come back, I'll be speaking with Margarita Monet. Attention guitar players, join the Thimble Slide revolution and free your slide finger. With its patented shape, you can slide and fret while wearing the Thimble Slide. Visit thimbleslide.com. That's thimbleslide.com. A little taste of Edge of Paradise. We're back and switching to conference call with the RMA's A&R man, Claudio Pesavento, and our guest, Margarita Monet of Edge of Paradise. How you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Hola. It's our pleasure. Hola. And uh, yeah, so Margarita, what are you doing right now? What's your latest projects, your recordings, tours being planned? What's happening? Well, right now, um, our tours kind of got, you know, pushed to the side because of the whole coronavirus that's going, um, going on. But we've been focusing on the writing a new album. So we've been recording a lot of songs lately. And uh, we recently did a European tour. So we're just waiting for the shows to come back around. And until then, we're just working on new music. When you tour in Europe, do you, is there a particular route that you uh, that, that you guys do, or is it you can you can reach all countries? Well, yeah, the last tour we did, we started in Sweden, then did a whole circle, went to Eastern Europe, um, you know, and then went back through Switzerland and the UK. So we pretty much hit um, over twenty countries. So we opened up for Sonata Arctica, and uh, that was our first kind of big European tour. Uh, we did 29 shows. And um, yeah, and, I mean, you know, before that, we, we went to Netherlands, and we did a festival there. And then before that, we did Japan. So we've kind of, uh, you know, we, we've been hitting as many countries as we can. <laughs> That's terrific. I do see that, the, uh, that those particular countries you named, they, your genre of music seems to get a lot of support. In, in those areas, you know, and it's growing in the U.S. That's a growing genre here. Yeah, it is a growing genre, but I mean, mainly even right now on Spotify, for example, where the top countries that listen to us are Finland, Sweden, and then it goes to South America, and then it goes to the U.S. <laughs> so. yeah, terrific, terrific. Well, it's going. We'll, we'll beat them. We'll get to Finland's level, you know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, with, with Edge of Paradise, who's doing the songwriting? And um, as, as vocalists, do you write all the lyrics? Yes, I do all the lyrics and melodies, and then me and Dave, uh, Dave, who's a co-founder of the band, who's the guitarist, we we are pretty much the main songwriters. So um, for almost ten years now, we've been writing music, and I think uh, we finally kind of discovered uh, we, we work really well together because we come from really different styles, and I think you know meshing that together. Um, it works really, really cool. It sure is. I got to say, you know, I, I went through the last, you know, day and a half or so. I went through your catalog, you know, 
And uh, no, it is, you guys really, really are working well right now for sure. And um, the, the entire catalog, yeah, you have a, you know, the music starts off, you know, uh, with a real power and kick. And, and as we go through your career, it's, it's opening up into a, a broader area, you know, but we'll talk about that a little later. Um, do you write at the piano? Um, yeah, a lot of the times I do. Uh, sometimes like for heavier songs or faster songs, they would come up with like a guitar riff. And then we kind of go back and forth. I either put some drum samples on or some keyboards and vocal melodies and we kind of evolve the song from there. But we usually, we switch off. We can never like work on the song at the same time because we can kill each other. <laughs> so he would work on it a little bit, then he would leave and then I work on it. Ah. <laughs> well, it's working. It's working. So, yeah. uh, w when you bring them to the band, are the songs pretty well finished, or uh, you know, like do the other members, you know, are brought in to create their own parts, or do you guys knock it out in the studio and then show it to the guys? Or how does that work? Yeah, you know, lately, like for the last CD, um, it, we kind of worked backwards. Like Dave and I, we would demo up the song, and actually, our bass player Vanya, he. Uh, he contributed a lot of the ideas, like he would contribute some samples and then the idea would grow from there. But most of the time uh, we would demo it all up, you know, Dave and I at the home studio. And then we kind of go to our producer, Mike Plotnikov, and I record the vocals to all the sample of the song, to just the demo. Because usually vocals come last, but we usually do vocals first. Then we really, you know, finish up the meat of the song and then we start rebuilding everything to the vocals right right no i think that's a great way to do it actually it's like you know start off with kind of a minimal music and get the vocals in there as soon as you can you know they, they can be just scratch tracks you can go back over and, and do the, the the final you know draft but but that way it shows all the musicians you know more dynamics of the song where the vocals are so i think yeah. that's that's a great way to do it you know now um do you do you guys assemble the band and like work it all out at rehearsal or do you guys just get to the studio to craft, craft it in the studio for a final product? Yeah, we do everything at this. I mean, it's um, kind of weird how we do it because like once we get the vocals done and the drums, then Dave, he usually records the guitars and bass at our setup, like <laughs> this setup right here. Cause he has, I, I mean, he does the DI guitars here, but you know, to do like real guitar amp sound, we would go to the studio and then we just kind of build the song vlog by vlog. It's kind of like building a house. So, you know, I mean, our songs are like hundreds of layers. So once all the layers are there, we send it off to mixing. And uh, Jacob Hansen, who's out in Denmark, he mixed our last album. And I think he really got the sound and he, he did a tremendous job. So. So, so did he mix it in Denmark? Like you guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a terrific thing about today's world? I mean, we, we can, uh, you can have a guitar player in Canada, you know, recording for you here in Los Angeles and get it mixed, you know, in Denmark. <laughs> Yeah, and then speaking of today's world, like the, you know, the music we're working on now, we have Neil, who is the drummer from Three Days Grace. He's up in Canada, and he's been co-producing, so he calls in <laughs> on FaceTime. And he, he has some system now where he can real, hear real sound from the studio. So the board mix goes straight into his system, and he hears what we hear at the studio. And it's been working really well. <laughs> It's just terrific. It's just terrific, you know. So, Margarita, take us back to your beginnings. And, uh, you know, when you started music lessons at just four years old, 
you know, what did, uh, what got you into music at that young age and why piano? Uh, well, I, um, I grew up in Russia and I think there, you know, I, I really have to say thank you to my parents and my mom because they really exposed me to pretty much everything. And I remember, you know, growing up, like my mom, she worked at an arts academy and um, she would take me to work with her. She, she taught English. And while she was working, I would take all the classes. I would take like theater, dance, music. And then, you know, I guess my parents saw that I had talent for music. So they gave, you know, they took me to a music school and I started taking piano lessons. And then like in Russia, everything is really serious. <laughs> like whatever lessons you do, it's like... That's what I hear. Yeah. very seriously otherwise they kick you out so and you know I loved it and uh, like I'm really grateful because like in Moscow you're just you know everywhere you go you have arts and you have theater and then you have music and you know it's just mm -hmm. you know um you're exposed to it everywhere and obviously I loved it and I just continued it so you mentioned earlier that you're half Russian, half Armenian, born in Armenia, but then moved to Moscow, Russia. Then around age 11, your family moved to Houston, Texas. What was it like being a stranger teenager growing up in Houston? <laughs> it was a really big change. And I think at first, like I was still hoping to go back just because, you know, for a kid, um, my whole life was in Russia. And then, you know, having that big change, uh, I mean, I adapted quickly and I have, you know, I made amazing friends and I'm still friends with now. And of course, right now, you know, I'm super grateful that we moved here and we stayed here just because I think uh, there's so much opportunity here and I wouldn't have this life that I do, you know, I have now. So, um, <laughs> I mean, good thing is that uh, when I went to high school, I went to a performing arts high school where I could still continue to do what I love to do. And then I went to New York to continue music and theater so you know I definitely went through a phase where I lost myself <laughs> because I think the whole change and also I missed my family and you know my, my life mm -hmm. um, were your parents themselves into the arts as well yeah my mom is yeah both my parents are but my dad is a scientist so he kind of wow. is in the, <laughs> yeah what's uh what's his field of study uh, nanotechnology. Oh, wow. This is incredible. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Very, um, you know, with, with the times. I mean, I know they're working really hard these days on miniaturization and nanotechnology, nanorobots. That's, and, and the medical field. The medical field is yeah, trying to yeah, get nanotechnology. Been in the medical field, and you know, actually, a lot of my songs, I kind of explore that as well because I love science and I've always, you know, kept up with the new discoveries and just kind of where where humanity is and i think it's so fascinating so that's great so uh so you're yeah you're keeping your your mind is taking in all these things from different areas to feed your art you know that's great that's great tell me um what prompted you to move to los angeles in 2010 and how did you meet dave bates i still don't know what prompted me to move to los angeles because i love new york something just made me just move here. I don't know. But I, I'm a big, big believer that things happen for a reason. And the way I met Dave is um, really by chance. I was in this kind of a dance music group and we had a producer and the producer asked me to do a song with him. So 
I was kind of writing the song with him and then we needed a guitar cable and we went to a music store, you know, random music store. And uh, Dave was doing a guitar clinic there. And, uh, you know, we were like, well, since we're doing a rock song, we should have a guitar solo. So we asked Dave to do a guitar solo on the song. And then that's how we met. And Dave at the time, like he just was getting out of the band he had with Robin McCauley, Greg Bissonnette, and Tony Franklin, because all those guys went there on tour, their separate ways. So Dave wanted to find a singer and, you know, do something and take it all the way. And I had this similar mindset. I wanted to create something and just dedicate, you know, my whole life to it. And, you know, our visions aligned and, you know, we liked, like our work ethic aligned and we liked the music and, you know, we just started the band. So, yeah, that's that's terrific. You know, what, what amazes me is, you know, essentially at that moment in time, you're essentially unknown, you know, and you're yeah. moving here, you know, from uh, uh, fr- from afar. And you basically walk into a situation where you're you're working with, you know, Greg Bissonnette and Tony Franklin, you know, and, and Dave, he's a, he is a smoking guitar player, you know, yeah. and uh, it, it's, it's just an amazing situation. It's a, a bit of luck uh, or perhaps it's just fate. I think oh, and uh, I remember, you know, when they, you know, we started the band together and of course, like people probably by now they realize that it takes a lot of money to start a band and to put into recordings and Dave had a seven, I think, Chevelle and he loved that car and he sold it. So we had like 20 grand in cash. We put it all into the CD and Mark. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, you took a big uh, you took a big chance with your money then, you know, and it worked though. It paid off, you know. We'll be right back with Margarita Monet, but check out this important message from the Rock Music Alliance and the RMA Awards. It's time that rock music has its own awards, the RMA Awards, its own scholarships, charity events, and more. And only you can make it happen by joining the Rock Music Alliance and voting in the RMA Awards. You can join as either a musician, an industry professional, or if you just love rock music, you can join as a patron of rock. Everyone can join, and everyone gets to vote. Join the Rock Music Alliance. Go to rockmusicalliance.com. That's rockmusicalliance.com. Hey, this is Francesco DeCosmo from Thin Lizzy and Evanescence, and you have to join the Rock Music Alliance. We're back with Margarita Monet. Can you think of any particular moment that was the the catalyst for forming Edge of Paradise? I mean, was it any particular moment or it just kind of happened over a short period of time? It happened over a week and then the next month we were putting out a CD because Dave wow. had a lot of music left over that he worked with Robin on. And the first CD, that's why it sounds so different because I pretty much just sang on the songs and for me, it was kind of a way to get into this style of music because I was never in, you know, in rock music before. And, uh, you know, obviously we sound completely different now, but it was kind of like a learning curve for me <laughs> a bit. Uh, but, you know, after we put out Mask, the first song, first song we wrote together was In a Dream. And it really took us a while to learn how to write together. And I mean, it was almost like we almost quit because it was, mm. we couldn't figure it out. And uh, then we found Michael Wagner 
Uh, and of course, like that was an amazing experience because Michael Wagner, he's a legendary producer. And he really, I think he really helped us find our sound, I would say. And, you know, Immortal Waltz, it, you know, it has more of like a symphonic metal sound. It kind of sounds a bit 80s as well, but it really helped us find, you know, put us on a path to where we got to, you know. Yeah, exactly, day. exactly. Now, was Mask self-produced by you and Dave? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. On Mask is Greg Bissonette and Tony Franklin. I guess they were just invited in to work with you guys, right? Um, how was it working with them? I've met them before, but uh, they already recorded the music before I came into the picture. Oh, I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and now, like you mentioned, for your for your second album, Immortal Walls, uh, that was produced with Michael Wagner, and your third album being produced with uh, Chuck Johnson, but Michael Wagner is still involved in the mixing process. So how did they get along together, and, and was Michael disappointed that he wasn't in the producer's chair? I don't think he was disappointed. I think it's just kind of like I would say there's so many people out there who are, you know, great musicians and great producers. And, you know, with us, I think it's just we really want to learn from a lot of people. And uh, it also things kind of align because like Chuck is in L.A. and we started working with him in person because Michael is in Nashville and you know with Immortal Waltz we were very lucky enough to go to Nashville and to work with Michael and you know Michael is like part of the family and you know like when we started working on the next EP Alive with Chuck it happened in LA and then like the sound kind of evolved and the sound became a little bit different from where Michael is, you know, yeah, works, you know, used to. So I, I don't think it's like, like, I don't, I don't think it's the, like a competition thing, you know, or like the evolution of the music kind of takes us, um, you know, connects us to, with people. Well, What's that, Claudio? Go ahead. When you record with Michael Wagner, do he you record in 432? And what? 432. A, a time signature? Are you talking about a time oh. signature? No, 432, the tuning. Because he likes doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, Michael, you know, when we were there, he really like he understood our sound. Like he never really made us do anything. And uh, like one of the songs me and Michael just kind of went crazy with like the keyboards and the samples because Michael is like the king of guitars and drums. And then like it's me and Michael just kind of sitting on those like keyboard samples and going nuts with it. So Michael is very, you know, he, he also like likes to explore and like we tune and drop detuning, like we're pretty low and Dave plays the seven strings. So. Michael was totally on board. <laughs> so who produced uh, your current album out there, Universe? Uh, that was Mike Plotnikoff. And Mike is out here also. He's out in Woodland Hills. And um, yeah, Mike, like he worked with Three Days Grace and Hailstorm. So he kind of comes from a bit of a different world. I mean, you know, he worked with like hundreds of musicians. and So right. I think... For us, it was a really great um, 
progression, I guess, evolution of the sound. Like, you know, now with Mike, like we're recording this album with him as well. And it's just been, we work great together. So um, through your, your albums, you know, Mask, Immortal Waltz, and Alive, right through to your current album, Universe, there's an evolution from a new metal style into more of a symphonic metal uh, laced with industrial elements. And uh, did you feel like Edge of Paradise is reaching its main style now? Yeah, I really think Universe probably defined the sound and you know of course we're gonna evolve but i really believe that you know that's kind of what we are is you know the sound of universe that kind of heavy metal hard rock sound with industrial and symphonic how much would you say uh and i'm i'm forgetting his name it's did you say um plotnikov mm-hmm, Mike, yeah, uh, yeah. How, how much is plotnikov involved in your current style like is that is that a chemistry that's happening because he's on board um, no, I don't think so. I like we already kind of brought that to Mike. I think that's mainly because of Dave and I and I like I love that sound and I'm always um kind of either making samples or finding samples and incorporating that and uh you know also I'm a keyboard player so I love just playing around on keyboard and figure out what sounds I want to come up with. And Dave also likes to make his guitar sound like not a guitar. You know, we just we just really focus on writing music and kind of morphing the instruments into crazy sounds. And like, for example, like the new music, it has more of a cinematic sound. It's, it's kind of like a movie <laughs> in a bit, uh, even lyrically. It's definitely going to be a... Um, a bit of an evolution from universe as well. So yeah, I mean, Mike is a really big help. For example, when we have a song worked out, we take it to Mike and he's really good at polishing it up a little bit, like taking parts away. Because sometimes that's the most important thing is to take something away because less is more in a way. Mm -hmm. And when you're so close to the songs, you, you sometimes don't hear that. And having Mike, he really gets the picture and kind of puts it together for us, if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and well said, too. You know, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, I wanted to find out, uh, back when you were in, your, in college, uh, it looks like you're, you're, you're on a path for theater. You know, you're involved in the theater arts school and, and the special uh, theater class there. So what was it that pulled you from a path of theater into music? Um, well, I've always been in music, even when I, you know, immerse myself in theater, and I love theater, but uh, it's always been half theater, half music for me, and it's not only that, it's like, every, it's all one thing for me, it's a way to express myself, and even like in the band, I feel like <laughs> it's sometimes, you know, the music videos, I kind of get to play different characters and you know, perform on stage. Like, I think I'm a performer and whether it's acting or music, it's just kind of same thing for me. And um, I love the visual aspect of theater and I love to bring that to the band. So <laughs> I, I think you are, you are. Yeah. And like Dave can sometimes get sick of me because I'm always like, okay, we have this song, we have to do a music video now. And, you know, it's hard to do everything because, you know, budget-wise, and just pretty impossible. But I just love 
the you know to bring the visual to the music as well. Let's take a moment and get another taste of Edge of Paradise. Here's a minute of their song Universe from their album of the same name. talking about the band's style evolving over your albums. Now, similarly, your vocal technique has been evolving into uh, include a more breathy air sound into your voice, uh, you know, where like now on, on Universe, uh, there's not only your strong voice, but there's also this airy, whispery sound, you know, being presented. It's very sensual and alluring, especially if you got your earbuds in, you know. It's like it's like you're writing your ear whispering. It's 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 interesting, you know. And uh, it, it seems to me that all of your band's strengths are coming together in a powerful way right now on on Universe and your new material. And uh, it's it's it was very well produced. So uh, how would you describe Universe? Uh, you know, do you feel like there was something special going on for your style there? Yeah, I I really think so. And I think part of it is just putting the focus on the songs and see, because, you know, I think before we were too worried about being musicians and, you know, the parts and the instruments. And I think as we got more mature, we didn't really care about, um, I don't know, showing off or anything like that. It's just about making a good song. And uh, vocally, I think, just from making a lot of songs, it really helped me. Like I, I would hear it in my head and then I would have to figure out how to do it with my voice. And sometimes like I would hear crazy sounds like on the last song, you know, I, I, when we were recording with Mike, I'm like, Mike, I don't know if I can like do it because it's just completely crazy. And then they were all like, okay, just go in there and don't think of it and don't think about it and just like do it. And then, you know, when you kind of turn your mind off and remove the block, your body is kind of an amazing thing because it will surprise you. And that's kind of been my approach. I uh, kind of remove all the blocks and just try to do what I hear in my head. And, uh, you know, like everybody always says, and like Neil would always say, like, you just have to do it once because, you know, you have to do it once to capture it in the song. And then, 
you know, you'll figure out how to do it live. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of live, yeah, your voice is getting quite a workout now uh, in your live performances, and it, is, it sounds like you are way up in the stratosphere a lot of the time. You know, you're way up there, you know. And uh, do you do any vocal exercises to help keep your, your voice in shape? Uh, do you warm up before your gigs or recording? Uh, have you ever worked with a vocal coach? I should, but I'm really bad. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, I think, like, we rehearsed a lot, and that definitely helped. It's about getting endurance. And, like, on tour, I was honestly really worried because we had 30 shows back-to-back. And I was like terrified because also we landed in Sweden and it was freezing. And I'm like, but yeah. if I get sick, like we're pretty much done. So I got like, you know, ginger tea and like a bunch of like vocal sprays. And I don't know, I was wearing masks, like everybody's wearing masks. So like two months before this whole thing happened, I was walking around in a mask. But, and you know, the first week of tour, everybody got sick. And I was like, I'm oh, done. No. Yeah. But god like i didn't get sick and uh, you know knock on wood and um yeah the shows uh, you know i kind of surprised myself because i was able to get through 30 shows and my voice held out thankfully i think it was a lot of you know just being careful and i think when you perform the songs it's like completely another technique because in studio you kind of just go for it and you don't really care how you know you just want to kind of put it on tape at yeah. shows you kind of have to hold myself back and i can still yeah. hit but i have to keep reminding myself to hold back a little bit yeah well, you got a whole bunch of shows ahead of you you gotta gotta try to measure it out um any special gear for live performances that's uh, that helps you amplify your airy sounding voice uh, like a preamp or a processing gear no no, uh-uh, <laughs> like, not at all. Actually, when we were in Europe, we just kind of relied on the opening band's Temple Balls gear. We couldn't bring any of our own gear, so. What's interesting about that, Paul? Uh, what's that, Claudio? I say that for her to survive playing with a loud band on tour, she had to have in-ears and good monitors, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. To help to... That's pretty much standard equipment these days, the, the in-ear monitors. You have in-ears, right, Margarita? Yes, I do have in-ears. That def yeah. definitely helps because um, on bigger stages, you cannot hear anything. So without in-ears, be impossible. Yeah, and you can take it from me, uh, from my early days of performing to now, the in-ear monitors are just, it's a completely different world now. You know, in the old days, you'd have your wedge monitors, you'd be telling the guys, crank it up, crank it up, I can't hear, you know? And uh, it, yeah, it is just a completely different world now with the in-ear monitors, terrific. So um, uh, here and there throughout your albums, I still hear you know piano, I hear piano laced in there. And you recently did an acoustic version of In a Dream uh, with mm -hmm. piano. Uh, is it always you playing it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you have any trouble singing and playing together? Do I have trouble? Uh, doing it together, uh, like, like live, would you be playing piano? Is it hard to sing along? Yeah, yeah, it can be harder just because, you know, when I do the piano, it's not just chords, it's full on like classical piece almost. So yeah, I, I have to practice a ton before I do any of that. <laughs> you mentioned um, your videos earlier. Uh, it sounds sounds like you have a lot of input and creative 
freedom to, with the videos, right? You're doing a lot of the creative planning there. Yeah, and it's on the video, like some videos, Dave and I, we rented a camera and we just literally filmed it ourselves. And then I learned how to edit. I edited it like I edited Universe and Fire. Um, on Alone, we worked with a director, Nick Peterson, and uh, you know he was in charge of everything. So it just kind of depends on the video. Like when we went to Iceland, we, we have great friends from Arizona, Darren and Tina Lafreniere, and they helped out a lot. Iceland and, you know, Fire, uh, they filmed it. We also worked with Val Rossi. He filmed a lot of our videos. So it's just kind of like a collaborative process. And, uh, and yeah, we do a lot of it ourselves as well. So. That's great. And I think that's great that you have, you know, that, that kind of input, you know, uh, into it. Um, and, and you look like you're really enjoying it. You know, I think that comes through in your videos. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I'm already thinking about the next video I want to make. Uh, there you go. So uh, who, do, who do you really enjoy listening to? You know, are there any artists that inspire you? Yeah, earlier on, I think Ronnie James Dio was my biggest inspiration. Then I kind of started getting into more of like Ramstein and Nine Inch Nails and corn. <laughs> um, I really enjoy latest album by Within Temptation. Um, I mean, I listen to everything. I listen to 30 Seconds to Mars. I listen to Volbeat. I mean, my music taste is like very, very broad. Um, and where Dave, like for example, he really just likes industrial metal and metal. And I can listen to like pop music. <laughs> I can listen to, you know, anything. That's terrific. That's terrific. So, so, so if you're driving down the street, it wouldn't be too uncommon to, to hear you listening to Katy Perry or, or Pink or... Uh... No, I don't think, like, not Katy Perry. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just, just having fun with you there, you know. Hey, but Pink, Pink is a heck of a singer. Perry's great, but I really like I like the more kind of cinematic. I, I don't know. I can. Like Nightwish. Night I like Nightwish. I do yep. really like Nightwish Epica. Hailstorm. Ah, uh, yeah, I like Hailstorm. I don't know. Like for example, I my favorite favorite band growing up was Symphony X. Like I love Symphony X. I just love how virtuoso they are with their you know instruments yeah, the players are really good yeah mm-hmm. what do you think is the next stage for edge of paradise you know what would be the next accomplishment the next level for you yeah well the next album which is going to be a whole new level it's kind of like the evolution musically and lyrically and like theme wise we're kind of taking universe and it's we're creating a whole kind of digital paradise in a way because I think the themes are very current and I think it's the future of humankind <laughs> in my mind. So I think it's going to be a really important album for us and just uh, to kind of bring to the world. And uh, we're definitely going to focus on touring as well once the world kind of reopens and you know for us the main thing is to uplift people with our music you know that's always been our goal and uh, lyrically I always want to make people think 
to make people kind of open their minds. And uh, that's why I put so much thought into lyrics because I really believe that we, you know, our mind is our superpower and I don't think we use it enough these days. So I really want to, you know, um, encourage people to just realize how powerful their mind is. Absolutely. And, and spoken like a true artist. Yeah. <laughs> I want to add something before you go. Okay. Uh, I saw them at, uh, at the Lucky Strike. Uh, I think it was like a year ago, maybe, or more than that. They were amazing. And yeah. say this girl has some kind of power, you know? Yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah, any, anybody listening right now that may not be that familiar with Edge of Paradise, I, I urge you just to pull up their music on iTunes and skim through their, their catalog and you'll see very quickly the, uh, you know, the, the real power of this band. You know, there's, there's a, an element of just kick in it, you know, as well as in the, more, in the recent music is a much more expanded sound, you know, more cinematic, expanded, expanded sound, you know. Also the feeling of the music, you know. On your next album, is it a further exploration of, of the style of universe or are you guys taking it to another level, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, well, definitely taking it to another level. It's more power. It's a bit, I wouldn't say it's a bit heavier. It's a bit more epic. Like the, the guitars are a bit heavier, but we do have a more of a cinematic element to it. So yeah, and the vocals are just kind of even more insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for my chat with Margarita Monet. Thanks for being on the show. We'll check back with her and Edge of Paradise a little further on up the road. You can stay in touch with them at edgeofparadiseband.com. Visit thimbleslide.com for the guitar slide that frees your finger. It allows you to slide and fret while wearing it. And visit rockmusicalliance.com and join the Rock Music Alliance so you can vote in the RMA Awards. For the Rock Music Alliance, I'm Cole Coleman. Be well, stay well, and join the Rock Music Alliance.